Welcome to a robotic edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who does a real bad robot when it's dance night. I give you the Brent. How's it was going? That, was hey. that your robot? Oh, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> horrible. You'll never I'm make programmed it to fit in with the show. You're programmed to suck. <laughs> so... You're right. I'm programmed to fit in with the show. I don't. I just said that. You don't have to tell everybody. So if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel. We made the deal, the robotic deal, because this week, Brent, we uh, paid the, in our cryptocurrency. That's right. <laughs> at the bequest of Rob Flack O'Hare, who uh, who uh, submitted a piece idea, we will be doing robot madness, Brent. Robot madness. Now we all love robots. They help us every day. They do all of our household chores. They do all those complicated jobs that no one wants to do, and it allows humans to just sit back, kick back, old school, relax. Uh, robots bring us our drinks. It's just like the Jetsons, isn't it, Brent? Well, I mean, we're getting there. No, we're, we're definitely not. getting there. It, if you've got the jack. money, that's the, the future is now. You remember, and, and it wasn't too long ago, we were just talking about the past a few minutes ago in the pre-show. Do you remember, uh, Brent, when, even when we were you were a kid, Robots are supposed to come in and take care of business. They were going to do all, they were going to take all human jobs. They were going to do all the hard stuff, and we were just going to kick back. At this point, they're only halfway through. Yeah, well, we're not there yet, are we? <laughs> now we work on robots. They just menace us. They could kill us on a battlefield. We got that part down. We need to work on the rest of it. So today's topic is robot madness. We picked a couple games that uh, feature robots heavily. Uh, but before we get into that, I thought we'd have a a little discussion here, Brentster, on robots in video games. Now, robots uh, have a—they're right beside aliens, basically, as having the the, uh, the market cornered on on video game appearances. Do you remember the uh, early games featuring robots or that you enjoyed? Oh, I mean, you've got Berserk. That's, I mean, that's probably the, the the classic one, right? Yeah, Berserk and Frenzy are the first. In fact, those are the first two games that come to my mind when I think of robots. Uh, in video well, not games. me, but I mean, th- those are are definitely the earliest I can think of uh, in an arcade setting. Uh, of course, you've got Rob. That was Nintendo's gimmick to get Nintendo's out the door in America, which yeah. I mean was very that the the concept was there, just the execution was crap. You know, he, he, Rob was, he, he's a cool looking bot. He, he looked cool in the box. He looked cool on the box. You're like, man, I'm getting Rob the robot. It's going to be the bomb. But oh, he really isn't worth a crap. I mean, when you, <laughs> am I, am I, is it just me? He doesn't, his game sucked, didn't they? Well, I mean, yeah, he was a gimmick. It was a hundred percent gimmick, but the gimmick worked. So you can't really fault the gimmick. Yeah, it did work. And getting back to preserve for a minute. Listen, this was this was exactly what we were talking about. This is man's worst fear. Robots run amok, and as the robots come after the poor humanoid, they also badmouth him with the cool. That's what made that game spectacular. Yeah, the cool robotic voices stop the humanoid, stop the intruder. They love that, and that it captured man's fear, primal fear of machines in that in that particular game. What other robot inspired games come to mind? Well, the the thing with robots is, I, I kind of think they fell out of grace because they were they were replaced with zombies. Yeah, you know, you're sort of right, aren't you? They, I guess we we fear them more. Yeah, <laughs> robots. But I mean, there's still there were some classic robots. We talked about last week that you, ba- you famously banned any Mega Man games, and Mega Man technically is a robot, but he looks like a kid. 
So well, it's not it's not the same robot, they don't look like robots. He fights all the other robot masters, so it's right. it's super robotic. I know, but they don't look like robots to me. You know, I think robots look are like big metal guys. They don't look that human. You know what I'm saying? Well, what about like Sonic games full of robots? Well, yeah. Is it what's his bad guy's name, Mister Robotnik? Well, it depends on what uh, country you're talking about, but yes. What uh, what country what country is that from? America? Yeah, what, was, what's he called in Japan? Doctor Eggman. Oh, oh no, yeah, it's reversed, right? He's you Eggman over here, Robotnik over there. What about do you? When you were a kid, Britt, was, was were the Transformers a big deal? Of course, yeah, Did, absolutely. Oh, I mean, I remember having Transformer toys, and you were, and I was younger, so I didn't know if they were uh, in vogue when you were younger. Or not. Did you? Did you? Uh, did you buy, have the, any of the Transformer guys? Did you? Yeah, watch I the had cartoon? three or four. Uh, yeah. The most famous, of course, is uh, uh, oh shoot the the main bad guy. Help me out here, Aaron. Megatron. Yeah. Do you remember when he transformed into a gun? Yeah. Yeah. That that actually. Uh, I always thought that made was stupid. Quite a stir. But but that's that's dumb. It was that wasn't. Hey, a real well, I'm not gun. saying it was a, it was a good move. I'm if just saying the, that was a big deal for a while. If you're the main bad guy and your ultra power is to turn into something that someone else has to hold up, it's kind of weak. You know what I'm saying? Well, also uh, Optimus, Optimus Prime, the big yeah. semi toy. Yeah. Did you own that or did I own that? I, I know did I own had. it. I owned it. I think it, I passed it down to you. I think I you stole know. it in the night. Well, we probably. I know I don't have it now. I've still got Starscream, but I don't have that one now. Did you ever play the horrible Transformers game from the oh, well, uh, which C64? One? You, oh yeah, that's garbage. Yeah. That, that's that's all kinds of garbage. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely but don't worry, is. Aaron. The, the horrible Transformer games continued for many, many, many years. Oh yeah, I didn't play the more modern ones. Uh, actually, some of the more modern ones are okay. Uh, that way better than. Than the ones of yesteryear, yeah. Uh, but you, I don't know. Robots were never. I, it's hard for me to think of robots as the villain, even out, even outside of like Terminator, right? Where yeah. obviously super bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. There are so many robot good guys, uh, RoboCop, for example, uh, that they kind of balance out. Is it RoboCop half robot half man? Well, yeah, he's. I guess cyborg. that sort of counts. What if, and also, there's good guy. When they made good guy Terminators, then they got that. Well, I mean, they did. You know, Arnie turned good. He was a good guy. Then they've got uh, some good guy chick Terminators in the new ones. You know, so that that kind of that kind of hosed up the whole thing. Plus, again, these things didn't look like robots. The ones in the future look like robots. The big silver guys. Do you remember the game? The are uh, they trade the uh, uh, Terminator arcade the gun game? Oh yeah, great Th sound that, in that game. That game presented tons of actual robots to shoot because they looked like the robotic metal guys in the arcade. You know, they, it's not like they were praying down a ton of human looking guys. They didn't have the Robert Patrick looking guy, that, the the liquid silver guy. Remember him? That by the way, Terminator Two, the best Terminator movie bar none. Well, duh. So, yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, with all that said. Uh, we had a wealth of uh, video game choices uh, to to draw from. I'm going to lead the charge this week, Brent. It's funny we we both thought about this topic the exact second the show ended last week, and uh, I knew right away what I was playing. And I think you it, it took you a while to figure. In fact, you actually wanted to play this game, then you moved on. <laughs> why, just for, just for my own edification, why did you decide to go to something else just to be different? Well, th that was the first game that came to mind. Your game. Yeah. And, I, and I knew you loved that game. That's true. 
And I was like, oh, I'm going to play that for Aaron. And then I thought, wait a minute. Why in the world would I help that jerk out? So I moved on to a better game. Listen, this is how he treats me, folks. Well, don't worry. Because I went ahead and picked it anyway because it's uh, because it's a good game. And I wanted to learn a little bit about it. And so the, my pick this week for Robot Madness is an all-robot extravaganza simply known as BAM! Cyberball! That's the theme song. I want to say, total, they, you, total robot action. That's right. So Cyberball was a game released by Atari in 1988 in the arcade, uh, also developed by Atari and designed by a fellow named John Solwitz. The John Solwitz had sort of a track record, Brent, if I may uh, go into a couple of his... Uh, you may have heard of a few of his other games... He was designer of old Paperboy, Rampart, Clax. <laughs> yeah. He also what did are World those Series, games? <laughs> World Series Baseball 2K3. And he, uh, this is just the stuff that he was like designer programmer on. He 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 was he had, his, uh, he had his fingers in many a good game over the year, but those are the big dogs. Uh, the music on this thing was composed by Brad Fuller, uh, Hal Cannon. Uh, and this re- was released on multiple platforms, uh, including the NES, the Genesis, the Atari ST, the Lynx, the Amiga, the C64, the Amstrad CPC, and the ZX Spectrum. All the versions that I've played at home were crap. Yeah. They were crap. Now, Absolute I've, junk. I have heard that the, the Atari Lynx version is okay. That one I haven't tried. But these home versions, they dropped the ball. They they sullied the name of Cyberball. I'm here to bring... I'm, bringing, I'm making Cyberball cool again, Brent. So what is Cyberball? It's simple. This is a game of... Uh, American football, sort of, where you p- take two seven-man robot teams, uh, robots taking place of the humans and on the on the uh, futuristic football field, and you uh, try to score against the other team. <clears throat> now, uh, I'm going to kind of bulk the various versions of Cyberball uh, together in this because there there was sort of an update. There, let's look at Cyberball as it was distributed in the arcade. You had a early on, you had a two-player cabinet. Uh, where two people could play, and you could play two people against the computer or, or two people against each other. Uh, you could also had a four-player monster cab. The four-player monster cab, that's the way you do it. Yeah. Tournament uh, Cyberball, where you could have two two-man teams. It was awesome, and we used to play this all the time at our local arcade. We had Our arcades had two of these Cyberball machines, one in each uh, arcade. It was very popular back in the day. So here's how it works. You roll up to the machine, you put your credits in. Now, each game is divided into six periods, okay? And that means it's going to cost you, you got it, six big uh, quarterinos to get through a game. They knew what they were doing, but it's a buck and a half if you're keeping track. And you could also have the opportunity during the game to spend more money, which I'll get to that in a minute. So you get on there and you pick your team. Now, the, the, the original version of Cyberball was not as fleshed out as the tournament edition, so I'm going to mostly focus on that, but I will I'll, we'll sort of explain the differences. First you, pick the, your, uh, first, you pick your opponent, Coach. The coaches you can choose from are Doc Davis, Sky Rogers, Grace Savage, and my personal favorite, I Am Pain. These are four <laughs> different coaches, and when you look at them, they've all got little like animated pictures that they that they uh, that they move around, and when you pick them, they have a little quote, and each one of them have a different strength or a different weakness in a uh, uh, in a, f- a facet of the game. Some are more defensive, some are more uh, offensive, some are more balanced. Then you'll pick your team. 
Now, uh, these teams changed, but in the final version of uh, Cyberball, your, your choices were the California Crush, which was a balanced team, the New York Thunder, which is a team based on passing, the Berlin Invasion, which was a team based on running, the Tokyo Flash, team based, another balanced team, uh, the Moscow Machine, got to have them in there for passing, and then the London Lightning, and they were a running team. So you'll go in there and pick your uh, pick your uh, uh, your coach, the coach you're going to go against, and the team, and then you play. This is when you're playing basically uh, with a partner, a single player. When you're playing uh, a, four people, gets easy. You don't have to go through this crap. You pick a team. That's it. When you get on the field, if you're familiar with American football, it's a similar concept, except it's a seven man robot team on each side. The ball is effectively a, a, a made of energy. All right, it's, yeah. it's, it's basically like an energy ball, and so there's no kickoff. The ball just launches out of the ground, uh, and then there's a return, and then you start playing. There are no downs in this, like in American football. The ball, which is great, this is a great game to familiarize like a European with football. No, it's this is not. A, That's a horrible this idea. This is an easier way to do it because the ball starts off cool, okay, and as you run your plays, your offensive plays. The ball will get warmer. It goes from cool, and then you get a couple plays at cool. Then you get a couple plays at warm. Then you get a couple plays at hot. Okay. Then the ball goes critical. If you don't score on that play, that ball is going to explode. Okay. And if one of your guys is holding the ball, he explodes too. That's part of the fun. You're killing your own team, Brett. It's glorious. Uh, now, uh. You can control when you play this one by yourself. You basically play the quarterback on offense, and then you can pick who you want to be on defense. When you're playing with multiple people, the two of you can, can, can pick the two different players. So you can have a scenario where you're playing, for example, the quarterback and the and the receiver, or the quarterback and the halfback. You know, you got you get options. So when you are on offense, you'll go to an offensive screen that gives you that lets you pick the formation. Like, do you want to go for a short? Uh, running play, a medium play with like a different uh, an option in it, or do you want to go for a long pass play? And then once you pick which type of play you want to go for, it lets you pick the actual plays you're going to run. In the older version of this, you get far less plays. In the more updated uh, tournament version, they they increased this by like a hundred plays. They put a ton more plays in here, yeah, uh, to, to choose from. And by the way, uh, really, this is a game you only want to play Cyberball. Uh, the tournament version. It's got. It's the one that's all souped up that they when they updated the game. So once you get your offensive play chosen, you go out on the field. The, your your troops are lined up, and you go for the play. Now, uh, you it's just like American football. You'll either complete a pass, you will make a run, or your quarterback will get sacked. Whatever happens, and as long as that ball isn't critical, you'll get to go again. There's a line on the field. It's Mid-field. a yellow line. And this line is a is a diffuse line. This is the only way that you can get that ball to go back down to cool. You can go across it, and then once you do that, it will go back down to cool. That's it. If you don't see a yellow line on the field, there's no more going back to cool. You're boned. You've got to score. Uh, when you have a player that explodes, unfortunately – your replacement for him is a cheaper, crappier robot, which it makes this great. So if you've got like a steel robot as your running back and he blows up, they send in the plastic guy and he stinks. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> there you go. Now I mentioned earlier that you have the ability to spend extra money in this game because you got to, right, Brent? 
occasionally you will it, you usually have after every period and sometimes even in the middle of the game it will give you the opportunity to upgrade a player now if you have a player that is smoking, the computer will tell you, listen, this guy's one hit away from exploding, all right? Because that's usually what happens when a guy gets hit a lot. During the actual game, in the play selection screen, if that guy's smoking, it will give you the option, if you've got the team funds, to repair that guy with with in-game money, okay? During the periods where you're putting in money to continue the game, it will give you the opportunity to just up to just pay money to make one of your players more awesome, all right? This is not the. This is not a good thing, is it, Brent? <laughs> no, it's it's the early microtransactions of the arcade. It is exactly. You just you stole my thunder right there. That's exactly <laughs> what this is. This is a early microtransaction because if you've got a steel running back, for example, and you upgrade him with real human quarters to titanium, he's a better player, and you've got the best guy on the field now because you paid extra. This was heinous. When yeah. you were playing somebody in the arcade, they did that to you because these guys were jerks. And so generally, we tried to keep a gentleman's agreement that no one did that uh, when we were playing with people we knew. Did you ever have anybody do that to you in the arcade? I never played this with other people. Oh, I only I played this alone. I have had people do this in the arcade, and they reveled in their evil as they as they cranked this thing up. So if you've got old money bags coming to town and they does this, he can hose you. So... When you get to the third period, after the third period's over, there's a halftime. And the halftime is they line up all your players in the field with all these mechanics and stuff, <clears throat> and they give you the opportunity to use in-game funds that you've earned to re- do repairs. Okay, Now, generally, you probably have unless you're a real ace at this, you probably haven't earned tons and tons of money, uh, so you can usually only upgrade one or maybe two guys and repair them. And then you're going back up for the second half. And the second half, it's a lot more likely that your characters are going to be beat down because they've been uh, hammered in the first half, and there's a lot more likely that they're going to explode when they get hit. Um, <clears throat> so the game continues back and forth for six periods. At the end of the sixth period, whoever, whatever team is losing, whenever the time runs out, this little robot comes on the field, and it destroys the entire team utterly. It yeah. disintegrates the entire team in a glorious explosion. There's nothing better than playing another human and watching his team go up and smoke. It's great. You talk about bragging rights. It's awesome. Now, that right there, it would be fun enough. That's a good game. You know, we've it's got all the all the aspects of a good game. It's fast. It's easy to understand, and it's fun. But this game also includes, and of course, it won the four players. So that's awesome in the arcade. No, there was nothing doing that. Yeah. If you're Not by yourself, if you're by yourself. There's also the option to do what is called Game Breakers. Now, Game Breakers is... I, I love Game Breakers, but I, I don't know. You play Game Breakers a lot, too, don't you? Yeah. And Game Breakers, this is a scenario-based football game where you're by yourself. There's no game. What they do is they offer a situation, and you get you will earn a certain amount of money for every time you can complete that scenario. For example, uh, let's say the ball is critical. You're on your opponent's five-yard line, and you need to score uh, and, and with, with this certain play. If you get the, if you could uh, succeed at that scenario, you'll get a certain amount of money. And when you get enough money accumulated, then you will move to the next level, the next round of, of game breakers. Uh, sometimes you're on defense. You've got to hold the computer when the ball is, is hot, for example, through maybe two plays. Uh, it works great. 
There's no yeah. game there in terms of an actual football game. It's all scenario-based. Uh, and after so many rounds, uh, it will clear off any of the failures you've had. When you get when you when you fail to complete a scenario, you get basically an X. And if you get three X's, the game's over. This is a great way, a genius way, I thought, Brent, to uh, give one player. I mean, you can still play a one-player game against the computer, but I almost always play game breakers instead. What what do you think about the game breakers scenarios, Brent? Well, there you you missed one critical thing about game yeah. breakers. Oh, go ahead. Every once in a while, the game you're playing, right? You've got your scenario set up and you're trying it. And they it will say, like, listen, if you run this play, we'll tack on an extra ten thousand dollars to your to your bounty. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll try it. Yeah. And you, it it has it has ways of enticing you to make the game harder on yourself. And it does a really good job at it. It does. Um, it does a great job. Or it job. might be like, you know. Okay, you stopped them for two plays, but you want to you want to challenge and maybe go for one more using you have to use this defensive play. See if you can stop them one more time. I thought that kind of stuff absolute genius because it playing this alone, uh, just the 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 actual football game of it. Eh, I mean it's good, it's good, but it's eh, right? Because you either. Uh, are good enough to dominate the computer, or you're you're bad enough to get dominated. There's really no middle ground. At least I didn't find. Uh, and there are things that you can do to basically always win. Uh, there are techniques out there that you can beat the computer every time. Uh, but I don't know him. <laughs> well, I don't know him either. But I, I watched a guy. He ran the score up to over a hundred. Like yeah, some people have. Some people have the plays memorized, and they're and they're and they're very good at it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So, uh, to so if you're a if you've got other people play multiplayer, play on the same team, you know that kind of yeah. stuff's fun. Uh, play four players, all that's good. But if you're alone, uh, game breakers, I think is a much better way to play. Yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, also, the, I'll go ahead. This is very arcade. Uh, as in, it wants to eat your money, right? So yeah. your the end game clock each uh, period is three minutes, and those three minutes go by in a flash. And if you spend any time at all picking your play, you've wasted your money. Yeah, I mean, you have to basically <laughs> know exactly what you want to do and go straight to it because the clock ticks down at an alarming rate. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with that. One other yeah. thing you can do on single player is uh, you can play just like a basic mode, like a, a beginner's mode. And what that does is you don't pick, you know, running play, passing play, short, long pass. You just, it gives you four plays. One's a run, one's an option, one's a short pass, one's a long pass. Mm-hmm. And you pick from those four plays, uh, which actually I think is is a fine way of playing. Yeah. I, I don't have anything wrong with it. It, it gets you through, uh, the most tedious part of the game, picking your plays very quickly because you're limited on options. But I, yeah, this is a great game, uh, and they packaged it well. They really yeah. did. And it's got it's got a lot of flash. The sound effects are awesome. The crowd's yes. awesome. It, it, the, it's the, Atari sound, Atari yeah. arcade sound. The which announcer is, great. is this uh, is like this British chick that sounds awesome. By the way, this is supposed to take place in 2022, so next year. I'm assuming this is what the new XFL is going to be when they when they bring it back out. One thing I want to mention, we talked about the crapo ports, okay? Cyberball came out in 88, and this upgraded version came out in 89. So it didn't take them long to, to make it way, way better. Yeah. 
most, in fact, all the ports that I've ever seen, except for I've heard the links isn't like this. The other ones are. They're all ports of the original game. Okay, the, I can tell you right now, Cyberball as an original game in the arcade was not as good. It was nearly as good. Yeah, they added a lot of the cooler stuff with the cyber with, with the set the twenty seventy two update or the twenty twenty no twenty seventy two update and also the uh, uh, the tournament uh, update, which is the difference between those two are just two or four players. The, so a lot of the consoles got that original Cyberball, and it stinks. The colors is, aren't as good. It doesn't have as many plays. It doesn't have as many options. It's just not as fun. It doesn't have game breakers. doesn't have any of that stuff. And th- I wish Atari would have waited before they ported this, because I think this game would be a lot more popular amongst collectors and, and retro people if they had a, put out a proper version of it. That's a, that was one of the big letdowns of the game is that they they that they let it go too early basically they should have waited because surely someone knew at Atari that they were working on the updated version of this uh, so it, I find it uh, ridiculous that they that they did that but it's what it is now this game came out uh, uh, a lot of people have seen this game in different cabinets this game came out in conversion kits they had conversion kits that it would even work in that in the uh, Nintendo Dual System cab. They they had all kinds of so Atari was basically taking over other people's cabs with their with their updates for this. So of course it's is such a goofy it's such a goofy uh, uh, machine with the four players. There wasn't a whole lot of cab that's out there that you could update to that. But it does a good job, and you really need the the, the dual screen version. That's the way to go. We've almost bought this a couple times, haven't we, Brent? Over the years, it's just one of those games. It's so big, yeah, and it's it, massive. And, and I did look this up to see what they were going for now. Uh. Just the PCB, they're asking two hundred bucks for, uh, and a Cyberball twenty seventy two four player cabinet. There, I found three. I found two of the four players going for four grand and fifty seven hundred bucks or best offer, and I saw a two player going for forty seven hundred bucks or best offer. So, and I, I don't. While I don't think they're worth five grand, I have no doubt that they're getting a couple grand out of these things, uh, Brent. At the end of the day, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised at all at that. But overall, a fun game. I always enjoyed this one, uh, Brentster. And uh, and when it comes to robot games, this is uh, up on top of the list, uh, in my opinion. Uh, we did get some reviews on this thing, Brent, uh, on the old uh, Discord here. <clears throat> Our own John Boat of Karshaler writes, uh, Coming from what I consider to be Atari's Lost in the Weeds era of vid- arcade games, I wasn't expecting much in this title. I was surprised. This is a fun game. The ball is a bomb that needs to be carried across midfield. Gimmick differentiates it's enough from the NFL to make it interesting. The rotating sets of plays keep things fresh, and I appreciate the humorous touches of your robot exploding and being swept up. Battle chest style. Oh, I had to throw that in there. I'd love to try it out in its natural multi-screen arcade habitat. So Boat was Boat was down with it. Uh, Mitsuyama kicked in. I have to admit that I didn't spend very long on this game, but I enjoyed what I played. I managed to score a few touchdowns, but I couldn't work out how to regain possession from the opposition. It's an okay arcade American football game, but I don't know what having robots play adds to the game, apart from being able to uh, have the ball explode. As a one-player game, I'd give it a 6 out of 10, but I imagine it's a lot more fun with multiplayers, and I would bump that up to an 8 out of 10. And I, I would agree with uh, I, I, it is It is more fun with uh, multiple people, Brent. Uh, so Cyberball, give this a shot. And I'll tell you, if you're not a fan of American football, I think you can still enjoy this game because the artificial limitations that they impose in this game, they make it easy to understand. You don't have to worry about penalties or yardage or any of that crap. 
Get ball over diffuse line so it doesn't explode. Get ball over score line. That's it. And then try to defend the other team. It's that simple, isn't it, Brett? Yeah, I think this is I think this is definitely worthy of uh checking out for emulation. Uh I obviously five grand for this is is are you kidding me? Well, I mean, have, that's you know, that's it's an eBay best, price. You know, I know, I know, but that's that's pinball territory not arcade game territory what, what would you what eyes. would you pay for a, 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 the double-sided four-player cabinet if it was available nine hundred dollars well you're you're probably dreaming because that's that's you are talking about effectively two arcade games i understand but that's what i, I that's well, what i value the game at there you go there you go so that was cyberball a great game. Again, don't don't bother playing this on the consoles. Go directly to the arcade version. It's the it's the tippity top. Brent, you picked out a title that I'd not heard of. What do you have for us? Uh, I picked a title I'd also not heard of, but apparently we're both idiots because it's a very popular game. Yeah. I picked Mister Robot and his Robot Factory. Indeed. And uh, this is a a game originally released for the Atari eight bit computers. Uh, was later converted to the Apple II and Commodore 64. Uh, both uh, conversions I did not check out. Aaron, did you look at the conversions at all? I, I didn't know there even were conversions until uh, today. I was looking up some stuff on it, but no, I just played the uh, the Atari version. All right. Uh, what Mr. Robot is, is basically a minor 2049er game. Uh, <laughs> it is a puzzle platform. A puzzle platformer with action elements. You know, you've got your your runs and your jumps and all that good stuff. And you have to uh, basically go over all the platforms collecting dots, as it were. Uh, and you battle different uh, fireball-like enemies. Think very much think uh, of Donkey Kong because they, they sort of look like it and they sort of act like it. They will go up and down ladders, that sort of affair. They're aggressive. Yeah. Yes. And your defense mechanism against these evil nasties is you can pick up batteries, which will recharge your shield and allow you just to run into them and kill them. That alone kind of sounds like a lame remake concept. But what Mr. Robot does <clears throat> and makes it worthy uh, of checking out, I, I highly recommend giving this game some emulation love, is the level design progressively adds different elements. And I'm talking a lot of different elements. You've got your conveyor belts, you've got your escalators, ladders, bombs, magnets, trampolines, all this crazy stuff that takes you through 22 levels. And I, the levels, in my opinion, increase in difficulty at a rate that is very fair. Uh, it has all your normal things. You can't fall from too far too great of a height and it does really uh become a puzzle game especially in later levels where you have to go the right way or you back yourself in a corner and you've got a dot on the left side of the screen that you can't really take care of yeah um the graphics on this in my opinion top notch i think they're i think they are uh, very good. They're very, very colorful in that Atari style, which I very much appreciate. Uh, and everything looks as it should. You never really have a question of, is this fall going to be too far for me to take? I think that from the uh, level design aspect, they did a great job 
of letting you know what you can and cannot do. There are a few exceptions, but really they're they're not even worth mentioning. Uh, the the plat the controls on this top notch. Uh, you if you find yourself in a situation where you died, it's not because the control was messed up. Everything on this game felt really good to me. I played it with a keyboard and a controller. Uh, I actually think I prefer the keyboard, which is kind of odd for a game like this. But either of them are, are perfectly suitable. Uh, other aspects of this game that are just off the charts, the opening title soundtrack is phenomenal. It is one of Atari's best, in my opinion. I... Would sit, looked it up on YouTube and just sat and listened to it over and over on repeat. Really great. That was done by a uh, man named Gary Gilbertson, and he used uh, a program that was developed by another folk uh, from Philip Price called the Advanced Music Processor. And he was one of the first guys to really work with this, and it turned out fantastic. Did you give the title screen enough time to play through its song, Aaron? Oh yeah, it's it's a great it is a great tune. Yeah, a, the, a lot of people underestimate the Atari's ability to generate music, don't, and estimate it at your own peril because it could go. Yes, yeah. Well, I, it could go in the right hands because I've heard Correct. tons of Atari music that's crap. Well, it depends uh, on how, the talent of the musician and the ability to make the music. Yes. Now get this, Aaron. Not everyone got to hear that awesome title music. Oh yeah. Uh, this game was so uh, quick to market that the first batch of discs they made actually did not include the title screen picture or the opening song. The title screen so, picture is also awesome, by the way. It's good. It, yeah. I don't think it's as good as the song, but yeah. Oh, I think uh, it looks great. It looks great. I thought it was really nice. So yeah, if you if you happen to come across the disc of this and you don't have the opening music or you don't have the opening title picture... It's because you've got a very, very early copy of the game. I'm not saying that makes it rare or valuable. In fact, I think that's a huge detriment to the game. But yeah. there you go. Aaron, did you also know that this has a listing on Twin Galaxies? Now, I know pretty much any game can have a listing on Twin Galaxies, but this has a, a uh, very respectable high score that you could tell someone actually put a little bit of time and effort into. So... You, that kind of shows that the game has retained its popularity so much so that in 2016, this game got a remake. I could not find if it was an officially licensed remake. It was for the Windows uh, platform, but it's out there. It is the exact same levels, but with updated graphics and to run on Windows. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't take a look at this outside of videos and screenshots, it looks okay, but in my opinion, really, uh, you want to do the original because there's no. This game didn't need an update. Some games yeah. need updates to really you can play this thing right in your browser. There's no reason to bother <coughs> messing with yeah. it. with it. No, I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I do think it's interesting that this game did get a remake because I, I'll, I will have to say my Atari knowledge is not uh, as expansive as some of the other systems. But I had never heard of this game before and was absolutely incredibly pleased at how well it played and how fun it was, especially considering mm. I'm not a huge minor 2049er fan. 
Uh, and this game, I don't know, it felt more playable to me. What do you think, Aaron? Let's get one thing out of the way here. This is a this is a minor twenty four nine clone to to the nines. Okay, yeah, yeah. they're they, some they, upgraded they, concept. They took the concept. I mean, they uh, stole the concept. Locks or uh, let's say a loving. It's a loving tribute to minor twenty forty nine. Let's go with that. <laughs> Everything about this is the same. Even I mean, and what really gets you when you I play the heck out of that game, as you know, right? I would call myself an aficionado of minor twenty forty nine. And this game, even the way you fall and the way you jump, it's it's exactly the same. Everything, you, I mean, you, the same concepts of how the jump and my they transfer right over to this. Right, the platform work is exactly the same. So when this kicked up, I was like, oh boy, look at this! It's just going to be one of these because uh, a lot of games ripped off my uh, my twenty four. This game, though, if you ever played the sequel, Bounty Bob Strikes Back, which I have. And I thought it was uh, it was okay, but this right here was more of what I was looking for in the sequel, yeah. because they take the concepts of minor twenty four nine and they ratchet them in weird ways, like they do stuff you wouldn't expect. Though, also, I will say graphically, this is way better than minor twenty four nine. It's more attractive. The package is better. the The music is better. I knew I was in for a treat right away on the very first level. And you didn't mention this. When you very the very first thing you see right beside your character is a musical note, and if you jump up and click it, the the music goes off. I mean, that's so you could actually literally decide on screen if you want music or not. I thought that was a great idea. It was. I I thought the emulator screwed up after because I I click I jumped up and I didn't there was no music. What happened? Well, that's because I clicked that the the uh, the, I hit that thing. So I thought that was clever. The uh, uh. the shielding thing you get to to take on the bad guys, it's very similar to the what would happen in the other game, you know, where they would turn blue and you could run over. I mean, like I said, there, there's nothing original here in terms of the actual base gameplay, but the levels are clever. The teleporters, the escalators, the trampolines. There's a level where you run across bombs that like there are platforms. Uh, the the and the way that the levels listen any like I could sit down and write a minor twenty four nine or clone any jerk could right it's understanding the principle of how to make the levels for that game yeah. if you don't understand that principle you're you're gonna you're gonna look like an idiot you know what I'm saying this game they understood what made the original game so good you have to have the levels set up to where it's puzzly it's a puzzly platform that's what makes it fun how do I do that. What pattern do I use to get there? It was my experience that the timer on this was a little more, uh, a little less brutal than the one in Meyer 2049. So I'll give it that, uh, at least on the levels I got to. I didn't get mega, mega far into it because it's it's not the easiest game. The controls are fine. Listen, this is much like Meyer 2049. This is a game that plays fair with you. It doesn't screw you. It doesn't give you a cheap death. It shows you how far you can fall. And if you can't remember it, that's on you. If you jump too far and you die and you're like, what happened? That was on you. It plays by the same set of rules every time. And I appreciate a game like that. It's not an easy game. It's not an uh, it's not an easy game for you to understand the principles of how far that the Mr. Robot can jump. I mean, when you do a running jump and you're going down a platform, you only can go so far. That's that's just the way it is. And that. And that is part of the... It's not like some of these games that me and Boat play on the Amigos where you take this fall damage or you die, and it's it's just, it feels cheap. 
that is baked into this game, and the levels yeah. are based on your ability to fall and jump for at certain points for so far. So it's fair. That's what I like about it. This game, I've never heard of this game uh, in my life, uh, man. And I don't know how I missed it because it's right up my alley. Like when I played this game, I you know I didn't know what you'd picked. I don't know how how'd you come across this, by the way, if I may ask. I, I did a search for robot games. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I looked at about I don't know ten or twelve of them. Yeah, and then I thought, Mister Robot in the Robot Factory. Well, that says Robot twice. I'm yeah. going for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This was this one. I I've never heard of this man, and I thought it was just awesome. Yeah. If you can get over the fact that it, I mean, don't be fooled. It's a complete ripoff of Minor 2049er. But if, if you can get over that, uh, then you've got a, a straight-up winner here. Uh, very excited about this one, uh, Brent. And it's one that I can play. Uh, I love finding games that I want to play on these old machines that I've never come across. And this one right here, this is a straight-up winner. Uh, this is the big winner. I think you've really. I mean, it may be it may be common knowledge to a lot of people, but it was news to me. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, when that happens, that means we've got a, a sleeper hit here. So I gave this one an enthusiastic thumbs up. Now there is one uh, a few questions you have to ask yourself. Yep. What's the factory part of this game? Well, let me tell you, Aaron. The game it's awesome, right? But it's kind of short. Twenty two levels. I was able to make it through about eighteen of them. Oh wow! Uh, you got during my playtime. Oh, yeah. I, I I I really grinded this pretty hard. Yeah, but here is where the game goes from man, that's pretty awesome to freaking fantastic, and that is the factory part of the game where you can make your own levels, and I don't mean little rinky dink. Let's put these tile sets together and try to make something. No, you have one hundred percent creative control of placing every object in every uh, tile set to make whatever level you want. And if you have the floppy version, which there's a tape version and a floppy version, yeah. the biggest difference being you cannot save your levels on the tape version. Mm. Uh, and you, But on the disc version, you can save up to 26 custom levels. So you can actually save more levels then come originally with the game. So you're telling and me this has a the floppy versions. Uh, both versions have a level editor that are baked a, in. A completely uh, optimizable level editor. Yes, indeed. Wow, and I'm that's talking, awesome. You can choose where the guy starts. You can choose uh, what platforms uh, you know have dots, don't have dots. Yeah, all the toys are there, and it is super duper easy. You literally go to the bottom of the screen. Pick what you want to basically paint with, yeah. and you start. Then you go up in the screen and you start putting them in. Did place. you try this out? I did. Yes. Did, so now, let me ask you: Are there custom levels out there that you could go and download? Did you look into that? I like, did not I, look into that. No. There's got to be a community of these, surely. Uh, I, I I do not know, but That's I awesome. do know that this game, 1983, level editor, fully customizable. Yeah. Plus, it's a great game. Plus, it has an incredibly awesome opening title screen and music. Yeah. This is literally the complete package for your Atari yeah. system. Uh, I super enjoyed my time with this. I played this uh, multiple sessions of this. 
usually I try to sit down, play a game for a few hours, depending on what kind of game it is. Sometimes you obviously need to give it more time. But I came back to this again and again and again and enjoyed it every time I loaded it back up. You don't even have to start on the first level. You can actually, baked into the game, you can go to more advanced levels just right off the bat, hit the select button a few times, boom, you're there. So it allows you to uh, really explore all the different concepts that are available. I agree. (laughs) You can own this game. I could not find an Atari release. Uh, The only thing up on eBay right now is the Commodore 64 floppy version uh, for $33, which I think is a steal. I think if you own an Atari uh, and this game is floating around, because this game was originally released, Aaron, $35. Yeah. Back in the day, $35. Bucks, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge price tag, but I think it deserves it. If I saw this uh, and I was an Atari owner for $35, you have to own it. This one thing is a you, game you have to own. One thing you got to remember is that the original, uh, the original uh, Minor Twenty Four Nine was a was one of the higher priced games ever released at the time. So <laughs> if you're going to rip it off, you might as well take everything, including the higher price. <laughs> um, now, Aaron, did we get any Discord reviews on? We this? did, we did. Our own John Boat of Carshaller writes, uh, "It's my first, re- uh, it's my first review from playing on the Mister." Like an unholy alliance of Manic Miner and Miner 2049er, Mr. Robot combines the precise movement and jumping of the former with the clean-the-floor mechanic of the latter. A unique touch is the management of your power pellets scattered around the level that grant you invincibility. You must time their pickup precisely to be able to defeat the monsters in your your way. Unlike Manic or 2049er, this game forces you to do everything right on one attempt because of the fall damage and the way the levels are structured, if you miss a part of the floor, there's no way to get back to it. On the plus side, the controls are good, so if you do mess up, you only have yourself to blame. He's, I, I agree with most of that. Uh, Mitsuyama writes, A classic platform puzzler. There are many games in this genre, and this is a particularly good example. I like the music and the colorful graphics. The controls are precise, and the, the level design is well thought out. Introducing bombs and magnets. Keep that, we forgot about the magnets. Keep that interesting. Allowing the player to start on any of the 22 levels is a great decision, but including a level designer is the icing on the cake. There's enough here to keep the player entertained for weeks. Eight out of ten. Yes. So he was it, he was down with it, Brent. Yeah. Uh, I will have to say, this game does have one disappointing element. Yeah. The manual for this thing is poop. Oh, really? And I mean, it actually... Det- it, it detracts from the game. You could have, with the graphics you had, right, and what was going on in the game, Yeah, you could have really played up the lore. You could have given a reason why he's going around trying to, uh, you know, collect all these pellets, yeah. uh, collecting the batteries and destroying the, the alien fire is what they call it. Uh, but that was completely ball dropped in that area. The manual is no fun. The It's unfitting for a game of this caliber. It does have in-game instructions uh, on the main menu, so I will say yes. that. It's got that going for it. Yeah, in but fact... Hey, you can't it, let the, the manual bring it down. I, well, I think well, that's No, irrelevant. but, you know, <clears throat> with a game like this, I really expected a good reason, I guess, to be doing what you're doing, and it yeah. doesn't do that. And I think it's just a, uh, you know, why go all the way and then flub up your documentation? 
Yeah, well, there you go. I will say, it, just to I'm close it on my side, if you're looking for a challenge after playing Mario 2049 or like the next evolution, this is your baby right here. It's it's everything I love about platforming. It's everything I love about a game like Jumpman or Mario 2049 or, or Donkey Kong. It's just you're out there and there's a, there's so much freedom of movement, places to go. Uh, it's just it's exciting. It's fun. It makes you think. Uh, it's a big time winner. Big time winner, Brent, yeah. on this one. Speaking of big time winners, let's see what we're playing next week on the oh. wheel, Brent. Let's go for it, man. All right, let's spin it. We have added a few things this week. Our retro rewind piece, 50 plus hours. Games that we paid for 50 plus hours. And our new piece, Pokey Chip Games. Games requiring a Pokey Chip. Are you ready, the Brent? I am. Spin her up. Here we go. Here we go. What's it going to be? And the winner is C64 Cartridge Games, Brent. Oh, excellent. C64 Cartridge Games. So these are going to be games that were released on the C64 only on cartridge, Brent. That should be interesting. I believe that was also, that may have been a suggested piece as well. Let me have a quick look here and see it. It was. And the suggestion came from Christian Givesgal. I hope I pronounced that right. So thank you, Christian, for uh, sending that over. Your wish is our command, my friend. Uh, that that should be a good time. Now, Brent, you had uh, some announcements to, uh, you want to take care of. Please go to work. Yes. we uh, Next week, Aaron, is the big week where we are going to spin the prize wheel, and we are going to give away an ARG lanyard, a... Uh, Coin mech keychain, and of course the grand prize, the Dragon's Lair Mini. And I'm mm. sure those who are not on the wheel of prizes would be very happy for us to shut up about it. <laughs> but this week, we have to pick two people who will come onto the wheel late. Of course, it's a 10-slot wheel. We're going to spin that bad boy. Someone's going to win, and then they have to be removed from the wheel so a new participant can come in. So, right now, I'm going to pull up my handy dandy. One would wonder why you just didn't take 10 participants as opposed to 12, but that's either here or there. We're going to pull up our handy-dandy random.org. So, these are people that will... Now, what's going to be spun for first? Will the big prizes or the little prizes? Obviously, the little prizes will go first. It will be lanyard... These people are still in. They're going to be in, still in the running for the big prize. That's correct. Okay, That's correct. so don't, if you get if Brent hoses you here, don't feel bad. He's randomly picking two people. Go ahead. So number eleven, which means this will this person will go on after the uh, first prize is chosen. Random results here. That is going to be Adam Trufano. Okay, Adam Trufano will go on second. And then you're uh, who, who, who's and next? The, the person who will just be around for the grand prize is going to be Frontier Gibberish. All right. Frontier Gibberish will, will be the last <laughs> participant on the wheel. So, that, Aaron, that's kind of fun. That was the first person was Frontier Gibberish. That was the first name that we randomly chose to be on the wheel, and he's actually going to be the last person on the wheel. There you go. Now, <laughs> so what you're saying is next week, at the end of next week's show, you will spin the wheel, and you'll make the deal and give away all these prizes next week on ARG Presents. Good to That's know. That's right. That will be uh, March 28th, I believe, will be next week's show date. So please tune in, and we'll put this contest to bed. 
the Brent contest. It's been how many months it's been going on? Hey, you're try, are you you're giving to away primo prizes. Uh-huh, I understand. This is we're we're going for the record. Me and Boat set with our uh, uh, our our uh, Amiga giveaway from the first year of the show that took like eight million. <laughs> Defender of the Crown, a read, super Redux version, which took forever to give away. I want to make a quick announcement uh, to everyone. Uh, it's happening. Oh, it's happening next Saturday, uh, which will be uh, May or uh, March the twenty seventh. Uh, International International Computer Club. It's going down, Brent. It'll be five thirty Eastern Standard Time. International Computer Club, a gathering of all the luminaries and geniuses and nerds and geeks from all over the world into one room to talk computers. We've got six presenters already lined up. There may be one or two more that come sneaking in. Uh, it should be a good time. If you're a member of our Discord, uh, you are uh, more than welcome to be on the show. I mean, We're going to do it with Zoom. Right before the show, I'm going to release the uh, Zoom information onto the Discord. And you're invited to set in with us, chat. Enjoy it. If you're not uh, a Discord member or you're just not so inclined, we'll be broadcasting on Twitch. Uh, so you'll be able to go over to the Amigos Retro Gaming Twitch channel and watch uh, the International Computer Club next Saturday starting at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. I hope everyone will come out and join us. And we've had a, this will be the third uh, meeting, Brent, and the first two were pretty successful, so I think we'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, these have amazingly not sucked. So I'm actually looking forward to it. Listen... I, I I don't want to moan horn. Of course they don't suck. I'm right there. I'm, I'm pulling the strings. Pull the string! Just like in Ed Wood. Uh, any final thoughts before we take off? I've got some banana pudding upstairs. I'm going to go eat it. That's good eating. That's good eating. We'll see you guys next week for C64 Cartridge Games. Until then, bon voyage! Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Ram, WFetkey, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rasmussen, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroology, Hermsky, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.